Hey, Inside the Vault family, did you know that the black community has $2.7 trillion of spending power? Are you ready to see what we can do when we combine and recirculate our resources to expand the pool of black excellence? I know I'm ready. And that's why Inside the Vault has partnered with Greenwood, the in-demand black-owned digital banking platform. Greenwood's namesake was founded in 1906, built from the brilliance of black dreamers looking to create a self-sufficient community in the Greenwood district of Tulsa, Oklahoma, a.k.a. Black Wall Street. Today, Greenwood is a digital banking platform with a mission to strengthen the black dollar using the same community reinvestment strategies of the original Greenwood district. And it's powered by best-in-class mobile app that allows you to bank from anywhere. So inside the Vault family, if you're ready to build a new legacy of black economic achievement, go to bankgreenwood.com slash inside the vault and sign up to be part of the new Greenwood community. That's bankgreenwood.com slash inside the vault. I'm ready. This episode is sponsored by Greenwood Bank. When you're young and you got time, and this is extremely, extremely important, life incorrectly teaches people to party on the front end and work hard on the back end. Oh, say that. They do it in. Say I, that. I always say this, look. Say there's that. Two, there's, two, there's two metaphors I use. Yeah. I always ask somebody, I always ask somebody like, how do you back, how, how do you park, right? Mm. How do you park your car? Mm. And if you pull in, I said, you pull in and you back in. Mm. And if you pull in, I look at you kind of funny. Like, yeah, yeah. Because that means you want to you wanna get in quick mm. and then have to do the hard work of backing out. Mm. But if you back in first, you just pull off. If you do the hard work, same thing with crab legs. I say, how do you eat your crab legs, right? And they go, I crack them. Like, I crack a crab leg and I eat it. And I'm like, I don't eat my crab legs like that. I said, I crack all my crab legs, and then I feast. Mmm, oh, that's a bar. Pay attention and listen, we about to teach class. Inside the boat, my man adds cash. So get your man right. Thursday nights, 8 p.m. You see him, you change your life. Millionaire mindset, the best on earth. Blueprints of wealth and knowledge network. So get it while you can, and he's standing right here. Just come inside the boat and see black millionaires. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come inside the boat and see black all right, so welcome to another awesome episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet. When I tell you, listen, we have heat after heat after heat. We have the first black tech billionaire in the building with us who's going to give us the game on how to create an app that's going to make you build. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We got Mr. Ike Dirty, Isaac Hayes, up, third, in the building. Salute, brother. Thank you for having me. I feel like I need to yell as loud as you. Look, there we go. There we go. There <laughs> we go, man. Um, thank you so much, man, for, for, for being our guest. Um, you, know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll start this off this way. For those who may not know mm -hmm. who Isaac Hayes, the third, is, mm -hmm. Who was who was who was Ike Dirty? A career entrepreneur. Yeah, that's it. Like yeah. a, a dreamer, career entrepreneur, and a hustler. Yep. All yep. day long. Yep. And and and, and where, where would you where would you say uh, that hustle comes from? My my parents. Okay. My mom and my dad. Absolutely. Gave, they gave me freedom to dream. Um, I've always been the kind of kid that was wanting to make money. I like at nine years old, I was mowing lawns and cleaning pools for money. 
Um, I've all, yeah, I've always just been fascinated with, with and, and a little bit of a rebel, just wanting to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I've always been fascinated with just being an entrepreneur, and I, I don't like authority too much. Mm. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so okay. you're going to wind up being an entrepreneur if you don't like authority. Yeah. And then, and then so uh, Isaac Hayes III, which yeah. means that there's a second, there's yeah. a first, right? Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that, that, that history. So my father was the, the, the soul singer Isaac Hayes, born in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, became a songwriter, producer, um, Academy Award winner, Grammy Award winner. Um, kind of was one of the architects of hip hop when sampling came into play. So that's an enormous legacy to follow. Um, and he was a genius, you know what I'm saying? And then there was my OG, my grandfather, but that's what that's the, the original name. But but my dad is the one that most people know. Um, was the chef on South Park, um, amongst many other things, voice actor. You know what I'm saying? Humanitarian, so uh, all around good guy. Yeah. And so as a young entrepreneur, nine year, years old, um, take us to that next level. Like how, how did you uh, continue to enhance uh, your entrepreneur skills or get, get to that next level of entrepreneurship? Man, I, I, so after I graduated high school, I wanted to, I wasn't sure that I wanted to produce records. Mm. The music industry was something that I wanted, thought about doing, but I wasn't sure. So I said, let me just get a job. So I got a job at, at a place called the Linen Loft. Mm -hmm. um, it was a nine to five. It was like Bed Bath & Beyond before they ever got here. And the journey to get to work was so long. You know, in Atlanta, I used to have to catch the bus from Ponce to the train station, all the way up to Chamley, Dunwoody, ride another bus to Anwell Industrial and walk to work every day. So I would have to leave my house at like six in the morning to get to my job by like eight, eight thirty. And after two years of doing that, I said, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to be a producer. Mm. And I said, there's two things I never want to do again in life. And that is work for another person mm. and ride public transportation. Mm. And I haven't done either since. Mm. So it was a grind. Yeah. Like I ain't been on the bus. I hated the bus so much. I'm like, oh my God. I just, I, I never went back. But that was a conscious decision that I made. But it really forced me in a position that there was no alternative. I did not go to college. Yeah. And I was not going to college when a different world was on TV. So I was like the least likely dude to get a date. Yeah. You know, because everyone was like, you're going to be a bum. Like, if you ain't got no degree, you're finished. So... From there, I think my college from 96 to 2000 was just learning how to produce records. Mm. And I'm kind of one of those people that once I get obsessed in learning something, I got to know it. So mm. Pro Tools, whatever it is, I picked up a bunch of skills along the way um, and got my break into producing uh, records at, at Red Zone with Tricky Stewart. And from that point on, I just started making my way in the music industry, but I had these skills about engineering, managing studios. So I was always able to put myself in an environment where I could work in a, in a place that I love mm -hmm. and make some money. But then in the downtime, when ain't nobody in there, I could make beats. Yep, yep, yep. So that's how I kind of, that, that was my hustle. Yep. It's just say, be in the studio, be a help, be of assistance, but then when nobody's looking or there's a downside, turn that MP on and make records. Hey, what's up, y'all? Are you a coach, consultant, service provider, course creator, or expert that wants more clients to happily pay you 3K to 10K for your programs and services? If you answered yes, I have a special gift for you. It's from my guy, Markwell Russell, and it's called the Paid Ad Playbook, which shows you how to actually get 50 to 100 leads every single day that actually convert into clients. Markwell, he's used the same process to help clients create over $250 million in revenue. And this is more than a quarter of a billion dollars. You heard me right. 
Some of the top influencers, coaches, and consultants in the world have used Markwell strategies to build multi-million dollar businesses, and they still use them on a daily basis. And the cool thing is that this works for you even if nobody knows who you are. So to get free access, go to InsideTheVaultGift.com or text VAULT to 904-447-5274. Again, that's InsideTheVaultGift.com or text V-A-U-L-T to 904-447-5274. My God's going to take care of you. Let them know that Ash Cash sent you. Nice, nice, nice. And And then so as a producer... Uh, what are what are some of the 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 you know um, successes you've had as a producer? I've had like mild success, I'd say, as a producer. Mm-hmm. I think I've been I've been successful as a musician and like somebody in the music industry. Mm-hmm. I produced a record on Scrappy called Little Scrappy called Money in the Bank, mm-hmm. um, and then my real big break into the to the music business was actually ATL the movie, mm-hmm. and that came about because I had produced a song on Rough Riders. Like Ride or Die Volume Four, it was like they was. It, this wasn't the golden era of Rough Riders, yeah. but the manager of one of the artists wound up working for Chris Robinson on ATL, mm-hmm. and they called up my manager and said, "Hey, man, we working on this this movie in L.A. called ATL, but all they send is West Coast beats out here. It's Ike how many records? Mm-hmm. So I sent them two or three records. They picked two. I sent them four. They pick another one. So so I wound up with like eight records in this movie, nice. and it was a licensing. It wasn't like I was selling beats, and so I made like 60, 70 G's mm-hmm. just off licensing my music for this film. Mm-hmm. And then Money in the Bank was one of the records that I gave to them to put in the movie, and I knew if I did that, I'd have a mixed and mastered record that I could leak. So mm-hmm. it was all a strategy of mine. Yeah. And I leaked the record, and then Money in the Bank became the single for Scrappy with Gold, Gold Ringtone, so on and so forth. And then thank Lord Jesus, T-Pain used it and buy you a drink, mm-hmm. and that was like a six million selling record. Mm-hmm. And then so on and so forth went to that. And then um, I produced other records here and there, but I decided to focus my 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 music on TV and film. So mm-hmm. I took my entire catalog mm-hmm. and put it in places and did this this really good publishing deal with a company that allows you to, uh, allows TV companies and brands to take your music and put it in reality shows. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the checks from that, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't have to do nothing. Mm-hmm. I can just go to the mailbox, mm-hmm. I can make 50000 75000 a quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. I'm able to still produce, still produce yeah. but I'm not really worried about I got to make all this money. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was really my hustle at that point. And then I started doing other things like, you know, managing a couple artists and I started managing my father's estate. And so that really gave me enough time. I was a full-time doing that. And so I'm just making money passively, mm. hearing my songs on NBA, on TNT, and yeah. Real Housewives, and Married to Medicine, and Loving Hip Hop. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I'm yeah. just making money while I sleep. So that was mm. amazing. Man, I love that. I love that. And and just to unpack it, right, because we talk about passive income all the time, mm-hmm. um, you know, you were able to create mm-hmm. music this one time mm-hmm. and then not sell it. Mm-hmm. Still retain your your ownership and your rights to it, absolutely, and then be able to license, right? And mm-hmm. licensing meaning you letting somebody rent it, permission, them permission absolutely. to use it, right? Yeah. Over and over and over again, and now you're making that mailbox money. So how important, um, not just in 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 you know being a producer, mm-hmm. uh, but just as a, a content creator, mm-hmm. right? How important is it? Uh, how important is is publishing 
and ownership. So most importantly, if I had a publishing deal, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm. So I never did a publishing deal. Mm. And my dad used to talk about that, like never sign a pub deal unless you know it's something just astronomical that they're gonna give you and mm -hmm. the terms are in your favor. Because mm -hmm. most of the time, even with him, we're at, a, we're at a point right now with his music, and think about this, this is crazy. My dad started writing records in 1963. Wow. And the copyright term at the time when he did that was 56 years. Wow. So you gotta imagine in like 2014, 2016, 20, like 19 and 20, these records started coming back. So mm. we're just now getting songs back mm. from my dad in 2021 wow. that he wrote in 1963. And he's been gone now for almost 13 years, so he didn't even live to see mm -hmm. the real benefit of the records coming back. Now, publishing terms are like 10 years. They're right, smaller. Right. But, you know, these classic records like Soul Man and Hold On, I'm Coming that are in commercials 10, 15 times a year, mm -hmm. that's why ownership is important. Mm -hmm. So um, me never doing a publishing deal gave me the opportunity to actually negotiate better terms mm -hmm. than what most people get when they license their music. It's usually like a 75-25 split to the company, mm -hmm. and mine was reversed. I got 75, they got 25. Wow. And so I was able to make a really you know, good amount of money just licensing my music. And so ownership is extremely important in content. Like, it, it's, it's everything. It allows you to move, it gives you freedom, mm -hmm. it gives you leverage. So you always gotta be able to do that. Just owning your stuff is, is extremely important. Yeah, and no, I love that. And so now, uh, let's fast forward a little bit, right? Um, you had this vision. Mm -hmm to say, you know what, I believe in ownership, I believe in content, I believe mm -hmm. in content creators, mm -hmm. uh, and I believe that content creators shouldn't be giving away their content for free. Absolutely. And that they should be getting paid from it. Absolutely. And that belief system created something. Talk to us about it. Yeah, so a couple things. Um, so I was, I was on the internet and this kid went viral. Mm -hmm. He goes by the name of Ghetto Spider. Mm -hmm. He actually, um, he actually went viral dancing in a Spider-Man costume in a GameStop to AHA Take On Me. Mm. He's from Memphis. I was just saying, hey, the fact that you're from Memphis, I want to shoot you a little message and say, congrats, young Memphis. Mm -hmm. And his immediate response to me was, are you a manager? Mm. And I was like, no. He's like, I really need a manager. Like, I need somebody to help me because he had got like 300,000 followers like that. Mm. And I said, okay, give me your number. I'm going to call you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if if... If I think of anything that maybe I can help you with, I'll reach out. But I left that conversation like, man, this dude's having the time of his life. He's caught like a deer in the headlights, and he doesn't know how to monetize because mm. he don't own Spider-Man. Right. Disney and Marvel can shut that down in an instance. Right. But he's a really good dancer. He should be able to monetize his dancing mm -hmm. to a level that makes some money. I said, we need an app mm -hmm. that allows people to have followers and subscribers in the same place. Mm -hmm. So like an Instagram, but then like a Netflix or a place where people can subscribe to you. Mm -hmm. And that was the birth of fan base. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just had this idea. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and what I realized at the time was that social media right now, as we speak today, is in the same space the music industry was from 2009 to 2012. Mm -hmm. And I call it like the mixtape era. Mm -hmm. That's where everybody was putting out like 30 song mixtapes, right? Mm -hmm. Constantly, live mixtapes, that piff, money, just all this promo to get one record mm -hmm. to catch. Mm -hmm. And then now you can go perform and make some money and then get a record deal and so on and so forth. But those other 39 songs are wasted. It's, mm -hmm. like, it's like publishing and masters that you're throwing in a fire that you never really, really get to use. Mm -hmm. and, so fa and, and so all that changed in 2012 
with the emergence of like Apple Music and Spotify started to catch and streaming started kicking. So now you don't really hear people dropping mixtapes. Right. And if they do, they drop them on Spotify and Apple Music. Mm -hmm. So they instantly monetize their content. Mm -hmm. So right now we're in the space of social media that content creators put out skit after skit, post after post after post, and then that one post mm -hmm. goes viral and then the monetization strategy is still iffy. Right. Like, will I make it on Wild and Out? Will I get in a movie? Like, there's really no guarantee. But as creators, you should be monetizing from day one. Mm -hmm. You gotta train the consumer that this content, and it's not every person that follows you, right? It is your fan base, mm -hmm. right? I believe that 5% of the people that follow you are your fan base, right? So if you got a million followers, you got 50,000 subscribers, and that's it. And, 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 and on our platform, the way that we make money, that's exactly that. That's a monetization strategy that can be consistent revenue for you. Mm -hmm. So that was the birth of fan base. Yeah, and I love that. And then so now, uh, you know, you've had some major um, people invest, right? Snoop mm -hmm. Dogg, Charlemagne the God, mm -hmm. uh, Candy Burris, actually yep. our, our first guest. Um, you took a different approach, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I know that uh, normally um, you see... Uh, people who start, you know, companies, tech companies specifically, uh, you know, they go, you know, first round, Series A, like they, they, they're, they're looking for major investors. Mm -hmm. um, you decided to go the community route, mm -hmm. right? Why was that? It was a blessing. And it was a suggestion by a mentor and a good friend of mine named Monique Idolette. Mm -hmm. um, Monique was married to Timberland. She has a company called Rain Ventures. Um, and it really wasn't something that initially the goal was to raise capital the traditional way. But two things happened. Number one, I'm black. Mm. And all of my people, all of my mentors in tech who are African-American said, man, Silicon Valley, they really don't give money, you know, to black people like that to start companies. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I, I, I had people tell me I've literally seen some white dudes write down an idea on a napkin and get 20 million dollars to go fund mm. it. Yeah. And me with fan base is like they're like, mm, I don't know. Well, maybe or whatever. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, I, from from licensing my music, mm -hmm. I was able to bootstrap fan base. Mm -hmm. So I built it myself with my own money. Mm -hmm. um, and it cost a lot of money to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but I built it from July to December 2018. Mm -hmm. And we put it out 2019. And I didn't tell anybody that I built the app. Mm -hmm. I let it sit there for an entire year. For an entire year, I didn't tell anybody. I would tell people like, Really, like check this out, mm -hmm. but I didn't go on this mass campaign to get people to join the platform because mm -hmm. I knew one thing would happen if I ever went to raise venture capital and I said, Hey, like I have this many users on the platform. The first thing they would say is, Well, how did you get the users? Mm. Oh, well, I told Snoop Dogg to download it and I told this person mm -hmm. to download it. And they were like, That's not real, right. I didn't want corrupted data, mm -hmm. so I left it up. And then one thing happened um, people made money, we had about 10,000 users over the course of the year. And one person made about $6,000 in a year mm. with 10,000 users. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I said, okay, now I have a proof of concept. Yeah. So now somebody can tell me that it can't work. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go raise venture capital now. Mm -hmm. And that was the top of 2020. This episode is sponsored by Greenwood Bank. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? COVID hits. Mm. Boom. We shut down. We indoors. We can't do anything. So uh, Monique said, you need to try this platform called Start Engine. It's equity crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. You can take advantage of this regulation um, from this, this law passed called the Jobs Act that Barack Obama and Joe Biden signed into law. So, so she said you can take advantage of this, this bill that was passed uh, called the Jobs Act uh, by Barack Obama and Joe Biden that allows anybody to raise money 
for their startup and the person not being an accredited investor. Mm -hmm. An accredited investor is really a person that makes um, $200,000 a year for two consecutive years or has a net worth of a million dollars minus their house. Mm -hmm. So when you think about that, that's like 99.9% .9 of Americans are not accredited investors. Yeah. And that law's been in effect since 1933. Mm -hmm. So coming out of the Great Depression, whether you're black, whether you're white, it really didn't matter. It was about the rich trying to get richer and have first dibs on investing in private businesses. Mm. So Start Engine is one of those companies that allows people to raise through this new law and sell shares to the general public. But you got to apply. Mm -hmm. So I applied. I applied to a Start Engine and got accepted. Um, and then the process was about a three or four month process. And what I liked about this is me entering the social media space. I'm actually understanding that users are the main engine and economic engine of a platform. Mm -hmm. So why not give the opportunity for the users to own part of the platform, the very platforms that they make successful, mm -hmm. let them have equity in it. Mm -hmm. And so that's how, that's how it happened. Um, and another thing that happened was there's this app called Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And so I got invited to Clubhouse in August, about this time last year, I got invited to Clubhouse. And when I got on Clubhouse, there were some black people on there, mm -hmm. but everybody black on there was not really like the type of black person that I think wanted other black people on there. Because mm -hmm. there was a lot of white people on there. Yeah, sure. There was a lot of money on there, yeah. BCs, all these cool people were on there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm seeing friends of mine, like connected, heavily connected mm -hmm. in the industry, black people, right? And so when you join Clubhouse, it lets you know like how many people the person you're inviting knows on the platform. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, someone so knows like, 150 people on the platform and I, I'm on the platform so I know the people that they know and I'm yeah. like all these white people on here yeah. and they ain't tell my boy that this is the hottest thing in town right. so I said oh, okay I'm finna invite the hood yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna invite the hood to clubhouse so I invited like Snoop um, Brian Michael Cox Van Lathan uh, Sean Garrett Dina Marto um, Cortez Bryan, who manages Lil Nas X and Trippy Red, I just started inviting the whole industry yeah. to Clubhouse. And it actually worked out in my favor because what happened was when you're raising on Start Engine, you can't announce that you're that you're actually raising money until your raise goes live. Mm. So my raise didn't go live till October 29th. Mm -hmm. So from August, September, and all of October, I just sat on Clubhouse mm -hmm. and let the black community come on there and complain about how we're building up somebody else's mm -hmm. app and we don't own no apps. And I was like, oh yeah, the perfect story. Talk yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like talk all that shit because I'm gonna come back. Right. And be like, remember you said we ain't got no apps to invest in? Right. Well, here's one. Mm. So we launched the campaign. Um, I did a room on Clubhouse, mm -hmm. and that first ten to twenty thousand dollars of investment in fan base came off of Clubhouse, mm. and it was a great tool. I kept holding rooms and utilizing it, but I did radio interviews. I wound up on the Breakfast Club, and that we were already at three hundred thousand dollars, and the goal was to raise a million. Mm -hmm. So I was at three hundred thousand dollars. I did the Breakfast Club, and in like two hours, I raised like the rest of the money, like seven hundred thousand mm, dollars, nice, nice. and we broke a million dollars. And then. The SEC upped the regulation that you could raise up to $5 because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So I said, I don't need $5 million, but I'll go to 3.5. Mm -hmm. But that didn't kick in till April of 2021, mm -hmm. April of this year. Yeah. So we relaunched the raise. I raised the other $2.5 million in like a month. Mm -hmm. And I had three, $3.5 million fully funded seed company. Yes. And I, that that's how we did it. And the cool thing about it is, if you if you, anybody that knows the music business or familiar, venture capital is like the label. Mm -hmm. So the label comes in, they put up all the money, 
They tend to have more say-so. They can kick you out sometimes if you don't do the deal the right way. They can tell you exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. And when you're crowdfunding, it's like selling shares out the trunk of your car. Mm -hmm. So I sold shares out the trunk of my car to the tune of $3.5 million. Mm -hmm. I have no board. I own a significant majority of my company. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more room to raise capital further down the road. Mm -hmm. And also, venture capital can't come in there and just tell me this is what they're about to give me. Because mm -hmm. I can easily turn right back around and go raise another 5 or $10 million mm -hmm on start engine the way that I did. So it gives you leverage. So there's ownership there and then I have leverage in moving forward in subsequent rounds and raising capital. All right, y'all, you already know, my man Dave Anderson is definitely helping entrepreneurs get amazing levels of success. Yo, he's helped his clients generate over $118 million in 2020 during the pandemic. And then now you can get unprecedented access to him and his team with his program, Bully One-on-One. -on -one. You're gonna learn business from one of the best business coaches in the world for less than the cost of your cell phone bill. So here's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a digital membership card that entitled you to get free access to the Business Bully virtual events and online workshops, unlimited access to their exclusive digital university with hours on demand, with business knowledge at your fingertips, zero fluff, no BS, monthly private masterminds with Dave and his team. You'll get a special celebrity guest mastermind sessions. You'll learn business, all of the things that you need to take your life to the next level. All you gotta do, look, enroll now at bully101.com. Bully101.com, let's get it. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And then so, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's very inspirational because, you know, I think that, um, I mean, just the strategy alone, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to, you know, I mean, from, to be honest and frank, um, these platforms have used us and our culture for years and they Absolutely. still are. Um, but to be able to turn around, because I remember when the conversation was happening very loud when the announcement came and, uh, you know, Clubhouse had a $1 billion valuation and people were like, yo, how is it a $1 billion valuation and we don't own it and we're the ones that's making it cool because the truth of the matter was that it was the black community who was validating a lot of the the white community, like they were, they were bringing them up on stage. A lot of the black community didn't know who these people were, but they were sort of like, you know, you know, they, 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 they were making money and movers and sakers in their world, mm -hmm. but now they wanted access because COVID is shut down. Nobody cares. So now these movers and shakers ain't shaking in their world. So they want access to our world. Absolutely. And so, you know, to be able to uh, use them to kind of jumpstart. I saw the whole thing happen yeah. right before my eyes. Yeah. We got on that platform and three things happened. Kevin Hart, Somebody made a room and said, is Kevin Hart funny? Mm -hmm. He came in the room. There was a whole argument mm -hmm. that ensued. And somebody screen recorded and put it on the internet and went viral on Twitter. Mm. Next thing that happens, 21 Savage joins the platform. He go, he makes a room. Somebody records the room, puts it on the internet. That goes viral. Mm. Third thing is Meek Mill and academics come on there mm. and get into a big scuffle yeah. in the audio room. And then that goes viral. Mm. So from the time that I got to Clubhouse, there were 5,000 users on the platform. Mm. By January, there were a million people on that platform. Sheesh. So they went from 5,000 to a million in like four or five months mm. and then went and raised uh, $100 million at a billion dollar valuation. And one of the things that, that, that I did not like or I thought was kind of unfortunate about that is the, the community was so small and growing at that point mm -hmm. that there was a suggestion that maybe 
the the owners of Clubhouse should let that first million people mm -hmm. have a chance to invest in that Series A. Mm -hmm. And they were denied that opportunity. Wow. And they was upset about it. Because wow. a lot of black people were like, we brought all these people Absolutely, here. Yeah. Like, we can't get in on the... And I was like, yo, that's 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 how it happened. Yeah, so yeah. From that, from that interaction, it made me say on fan base, mm -hmm. we're going to build audio rooms. Mm. So I started and I built audio rooms, mm. just like Clubhouse, just like Twitter Spaces. But again, the idea of fan base is a monetized platform for yeah. creators. So they're monetized audio rooms. Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting on a stage, you have, you have the opportunity to make money from the audience if mm -hmm. they like what you're saying. Yeah. And so that's a feature that Clubhouse added later on. Mm -hmm. But the idea started with what we were doing at Fanbase is monetization for all users. So we built audio into Fanbase. And so um, I understand the value that black culture brings to social media platforms. Yeah. And the problem is we don't own the infrastructure mm -hmm. of the platforms that we create. Mm -hmm. So we bring all this value. And see, what we don't understand in the black community is our cultures are vibranium, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And black people innovate, African-American people innovate at a space and a pace, pace that sometimes we don't understand what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We don't understand what we're creating. Yeah. I'll give you a perfect example. The moment Grandmaster Flash scratched on a turntable, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Somebody should have been like, don't show a motherfucker this at all. Yeah. Give me six months. Yeah. I'm going to go build a turntable company and we're going to come back. Yeah. Because we don't own the techniques. Yeah. We don't own a pioneer. We yeah. invented an entire infrastructure of yeah. DJ culture and we don't own none of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. We use the tools. We created the D nicest of the world, all these great DJs, but we don't own the infrastructure. Don Vito, right? Mm -hmm. Vito sent me a, 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 a video of um, a G Wagon the other day. Mm -hmm. G Wagon got suicide doors, TVs in the headrests. 28-inch rims. I'm like, this is pimp my ride. Mm -hmm. And again, black their cars were not like that till we did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, till we started putting PlayStations and consoles and yeah. TVs and all that. So now all these luxury vehicles have all the amenities mm -hmm. that black people brought. The luxury we brought to vehicles, mm -hmm. but we don't own a Ford. We don't mm -hmm. own a Chrysler. Yeah. You know, we don't own none of that. So yeah. if we're not owning infrastructures. Really, at the end of the day, we're really just giving our culture away for free. Mm -hmm. So fan base presents the opportunity for us to own social media culture because mm -hmm. it's black founded and black owned. Mm -hmm. It's not black only, mm -hmm. but there's a care and, a, and, and an observance and a, and, a, and a monitoring of our culture to make sure that we're not culturally appropriated. Mm -hmm. Like what's happening on the TikToks of the world, mm -hmm. what's happening on these platforms. Yeah. And so talk to, talk, talk to me about, a, li a little bit about that, right? Because like... Um, you know, I know, uh, you know, Lil Boosie was on The Breakfast Club recently, mm -hmm. um, and he was, you know, talk, you know, him and Charlamagne, they were talking about censorship and, you know, being mm -hmm. kicked off. And I know, you know, Charlamagne had mentioned for him to, you know, join fan base. Yeah. Um, why aren't we jumping on the fan bases or like, 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 why aren't we rallying as we should mm -hmm. around what we are complaining about? Mm -hmm. Well... It's a it's a tough conversation to have. Yeah. Some people may or may not agree, but I believe that um, I'm from Atlanta, lived here my whole life, mm -hmm. and there's a different type of energy and understanding of what it's like to be black in Atlanta than mm -hmm. it's like to be anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Because when you grow up in Atlanta, you've seen millionaire dentists, doctors, lawyers, police chief is black, police force is 68% black. This is like growing up. The mayor's black. Mm -hmm. So there's you've never I've never felt second to a white person in the entire time I've lived in Atlanta. I've mm -hmm. never felt like a minority my entire life mm -hmm. living here. Mm -hmm. Never. Mm -hmm. But I know people that come from other places that's like, there's a lot of black people here, man. They get off the plane and be like, 
it's a lot of it's a lot of black people here. Yeah. So it's a whole different structure. Yeah. So what what I tell people all the time is, if you don't grow in a, up in a place that has a significant black population with black political power, you grow up with something I call a minority mindset, mm. which means you understand that white people run every white supremacy runs everything, mm. and then you fall somewhere in second or third place. You got to get in where you fit in. Mm -hmm. So what I think happens in our community is we without without realizing it, we cannot see ourselves on the level of white people doing the things that they do. Mm -hmm. So when 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 Boosie was asked that question about how come he doesn't join fan base, he says, well, I have Chinese people wanting to build me apps. So I have a bunch of people, right? But there's a black man mm -hmm. that has built an app mm -hmm. that lives in the same city you live in, mm -hmm. has raised $3.5 million, mm -hmm. allows you to monetize, mm -hmm. will not, will not, there's rules now, we ain't gonna be able to bust it open on fan base, but, gives you the opportunity to grow and potentially even have equity and ownership mm -hmm. in it if you want to invest. And still he looks to other people. Mm -hmm. And what that says to me is he has bought into the mindset that only white people or Asian people can build things for all people. Mm -hmm. And that black people can't build things for all people. Mm -hmm. To think about a black man can't start a car company and white people buy the car. Mm -hmm. Or a black man can't build a social media platform and white people join the platform. Mm. That's the problem because we don't believe in ourselves enough to know that we can build things for all people. Wow. We can play in the NBA, but we can't own teams. Right. So, so we have to break that mindset. And it's going to happen. I mean, absolutely, because we control the culture. When you put culture and social media and technology together, there's an energy that happens that will really pave the way, especially through investing mm -hmm. and having op these are multi-billion dollar companies. Yeah. Like TikTok is worth $436 billion. billion yeah, yeah. Instagram is a $200 billion plus company. Yeah. Facebook is $900 billion company. Yeah. And these companies live and exist off black culture. Yeah. I say this to not be offensive at all to our white brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. but if everybody black left social media tomorrow, mm -hmm. it would look like a West Elm catalog. Yeah. It'd be it'd be it'd be pets and dogs and people going to the park. Yeah. But these these clapbacks these these clapbacks and humor that we put on Twitter, yeah. these dances we put on TikTok, yeah. right? This humor that we put on Instagram, yeah. the conversations that we're having and the culture we're bringing to Clubhouse would be non-existent. Mm -hmm. And so we have to understand the value that we're bringing to these platforms. And so that's really why um, it is very important that we leverage our culture in spaces and places that we can monetize mm -hmm. and actually own an infrastructure. Hey, how you guys doing? Hold on, hold on, don't press that button because that's what I do every time I'm looking at an ad that I don't want to see. This ad just happened to be life-changing. I just happen to own one of the biggest home healthcare companies in the state of Georgia. I can help you create your own. Just to give you a little bit of insight, I send out registered nurses, LPNs, and CNAs to take care of people inside of the homes that cannot take care of themselves. But guess what? You don't have to have any medical background and you don't have to have any medical knowledge. So if you're wanting to change your life and you have a passion for actually taking care of people, then go ahead and sign up for Home Healthcare Blueprint. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, no, I love that. And and so and you say you say it's happening. How do we make it happen faster or do we have to just trust the process and allow it to evolve where we start seeing our worth? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, we have our job to do with fan base. Yeah. We built an amazing product. Um, we still have to iterate and innovate that product. But I think as word of mouth travels, platforms like this mm -hmm. get the word out to say there is a platform. Mm -hmm. And we kind of have to have a little bit of grace because, you know, you hear things where somebody will say, uh, well, what is fan base going to do for me? Mm. Right. Right. But meanwhile, you on Instagram for free. For free. And, and the app is 
built for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, you're yeah, on Clubhouse yeah. talking for free, but yeah. what is fan base going to do for me? So, yeah. I, I, you need to ask... You didn't ask these people. You didn't ask the owners of Clubhouse what Clubhouse going to do for you. Yeah. You're not asking what Instagram's going to do for you. Yeah. You're in these dysfunctional relationships with mm. social media platforms, mm. right? Mm. And I say this, like, you know, being on social media is like being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And most people are in a dysfunctional relationship that they're not happy, but you got to date apps. Mm. So I say date every app that comes out. I don't care what app it is. If it's yeah. Clubhouse, join it. If it's fan base, join it. You may or may not find something that's better for you and allows you to escape this relationship where you're not getting the benefit. Like people are getting kicked off TikTok every day or their accounts banned, but they stay. Right. That's dysfunction. Right. Why, why would you stay somewhere where somebody treats you bad? Yeah. Because you have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You have nowhere to go. You have no place to no place to be. But once people find out they have a space and a place to be, because I use this example all the time, why you should date apps. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that Snapchat never knew in a million years that uh, DJ Khaled would be the love of their life mm. and vice versa. Mm. If Khaled would have remained loyal to MySpace yeah. or Facebook yeah. or Twitter mm -hmm. or Instagram, he never would have went on those dates with, with Snapchat mm -hmm. and met the love of his life. Mm -hmm. And it changed his life. And the same for Jason Derulo. Mm -hmm. Jason Derulo was a pop star and he got on TikTok and now he's bigger than he's ever been. Yeah. But if he would remain loyal to all those other platforms and never tried TikTok, mm -hmm. he would have never had that relationship. So you have to date apps. Mm -hmm. Join like fan base might not be for you and it might be. Yeah. Um, we have a strategy and a, and, a, and, a, and a game plan to make sure that we do build a platform that is for every single user that is versatile and is really a democratization to distribution of content and access to, to, to capital and ownership and what we're building. And that's extremely important. And I can I could talk a little bit more in detail about what really fan base is, but mm -hmm. I'm gonna let you, you know. No, no, I, yeah, no, and, and that's actually where we're pivoting to, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I joined fan base and I, mm -hmm. I, I like, you know, I, I love the, the idea of, you know, as people are stro scrolling through the, through the app, uh, if somebody likes your, 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 your post, you can mm -hmm. like for free. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you, if you go show me love, Right? Give me a give me a love offering. Give me a real love offering. Don't Absolutely. don't just love and 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 I'm and I'm getting high off of you know the 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 loves, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, I had this saying that you know you know PayPal and stripes over over likes, right? Yes. Those notifications matter to me as a content creator. Absolutely. When I put out a, a course, when I put out a program, when I sell books. When I when I get that PayPal cha ching, when I get that strike notification, like that, that's better than mm -hmm. you know getting fifty likes, a thousand likes, ten thousand likes. That's better to me. Right. And so what you did is combine the two, mm -hmm. where all right, gay, you like me, okay, cool, like me for free. But if you want to show me love, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, show show, so, show me love. So so how that works, and I think really what makes what, what makes fan base dope is it gives an opportunity for the black content creators of this world to kind of break this mold. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you why. White content creators charge for their content immediately. Mm -hmm. They do. The ones that are on Patreon. Mm -hmm. If you go to Patreon, I'll tell everybody, go to Patreon. Matter of fact, here, here's some game. Go to, go to a website called Grafferton and look up top Patreon creators. Mm -hmm. You'll see people that are making 150,000, yeah. 130,000, $90,000 a month. Mm. off podcasts and shows you never heard of mm. simply because they charge from day one. It mm. says they joined in like 2016, mm -hmm. but it's 2021. It took them that time to get there, but mm -hmm. they're doing that. And, and the black community gives our content away for free mm. and we don't charge. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Charge because out of fear of looking like we're broke or begging. Ooh, when we deserve to be yeah. paid, right? Because yeah, 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 yeah. see, the, 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 idea mm-hmm. someone, the idea for someone that's white that's creating content, it's not like, they're not necessarily, it's like, oh, I'm doing a service. This is what I deserve to get paid. Yeah. But we're in that mindset of like, yo, like I don't want, I don't want to look like I'm begging. I'm just hot. Yeah, yeah, Again, yeah, we yeah. all we all based on innovation. Yeah. I'm the flyest. I'm the hottest. Right. I don't need to get paid. I'll right. rap for free if I got you. I'm just trying to get on. But yeah. no, charge from day one yeah. and build your fan base. So in fan base, you can have subscribers and followers. Mm-hmm. You can have likes and loves. Mm-hmm. A subscription is $3.99. Mm-hmm. We split that with the content creator 50-50. Apple is the, is the GOAT. They take 30%, we take 20, and we pass 50 on to the creator. Mm-hmm. But again, I tell you, if you got a million followers, mm-hmm. then you got 50,000 fans. Mm-hmm. And that's the audience that you want to monetize. Mm-hmm. If you're monetizing that to the tune of $1.99 a month per subscriber, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's $100,000 a month, that's $1.2 million a year, just mm-hmm. off a million. Right. Now, there are people out there like Beyonce that got $200 million. Right. So that's 10 million people mm-hmm. paying $2 a month. That's right. $20 million a month. Right. We in the hundreds of millions of dollars a year, yeah. you know, and it's a community environment. What separates us from platforms like Patreon and OnlyFans is those are platforms that that say, all right, come see my content, but they're not community based. Mm-hmm. So there's content creators there, but there's no community. Mm-hmm. So once I come there to see the one show mm-hmm. or the one hot girl that I want to see naked, there's nothing else left for me to do. So I leave. Mm-hmm. But in fan base, if your friends are there, if other people are there because you're following those people, mm-hmm. but you really love Rihanna. So you're subscribing to Rihanna because she's dropping Fenty beauty tutorials mm-hmm. or really behind the scenes of her life and things that you want to know, mm-hmm. then you have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And so that's what gives people the power. And we have these creator tools which I say we want to give people the amount of tools to be creative in whatever way they want. Mm -hmm. So we have photo and video up to one minute. Mm -hmm. We have stories. We have live. We have audio rooms that are monetized. We have a long form. Now, long form is significantly powerful because you can post up to one hour on Fanbase Mm -hmm. in HD. So if you can post anything on Fanbase up to one hour Mm -hmm. and put it behind a paywall, what does that make you? That makes me a genius. It makes you your own Netflix. Right, right, right. So everybody's there on Netflix. It's not about being Netflix. Beyonce's on Netflix. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sprite's there on Netflix. Yeah. Nike's there on Netflix. Yeah. Some kid in their room's there on Netflix who does does their own short film or their own little web series, and in season one, they get, you know, 5,000 subscribers, and in season two, they have 50,000 subscribers, and now they're making $100,000 a month. $1.2 $1.2 million a year. Mm-hmm. They own their content. Wow. They call the shots. Yeah. They make the majority of the profit. And now in season three, I can hire some. I got budget. Right. I can bring on some. I can, I can hire Terrence Howard to come on. Right. Anybody. Right. So you own the access to distribution through your platform. But again, it's a community. Right. So you're sharing these shows. You're sharing this content. Yeah. And then because of the TikTok strike, where all these kids were getting their, their, their platforms uh, shut down or shadow banned or all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I said we have to build a short form video editor. So mm-hmm. we're building our version of TikTok now. Nice. And how we launched that was we really an- announced that we were doing this by creating a creator advisory board. Mm-hmm. We flew 25 young black TikTokers from all over the country to Atlanta, mm-hmm. held a dinner for them. We invited them to the fan base office, showed them how algorithms work, showed them what's going on, right? Taught them about monetization and then offered them equity in fan base. Wow. 
And that's again because these are the kids that are driving these millions and billions of views, these dance challenges. Some of these kids were getting paid $800 to do a dance challenge. Mm. And then the song goes on to be like multi-platinum. Right. Make millions of dollars. They gave you $800. 800. Wow. Then, yeah. here's what happens. TikTok or, or a brand will turn around and pay the white creator mm. $100,000 to do the dance that you made right. in your bedroom. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And pay her. Mm. Pay them. And they're getting paid and you're not. And the, the reason I have a problem with that is, and the reason why I say that the, the white content creators on TikTok, to no fault of their own, mm -hmm. They don't, they're just doing what everybody's supposed to do is sharing content, making videos. But what's significant about them giving it away for free in that environment is they don't create the choreography and they don't create the record that they're dancing to. Yeah. So they do all that. And then some brand says, here's $100. Repeat that. Just copy what they did. Mm. Make your money. And, and you're making millions of dollars a year. And then meanwhile, the kid that made it is still in the hood in Atlanta yeah. trying to figure out how to make money. Wow. Wow. That's a lot, man. That's heavy. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. That's a lot. And 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 one of the things that is heavy about it um, is it, it actually just goes back to us as a community always having to prove our worth. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Because other communities don't have to prove their worth. Other communities come out the gate. Right? Well, they've had access to wealth. Yeah. So what yeah. do they have to prove? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, you know, like I, somebody said this to me the other day, like, like the a friend of mine mentioned that like he'll see black entrepreneurs post that they got a new house mm -hmm. or they got a new car mm -hmm. and he says like why they got to show off like that and i'm like i was like well i don't think it's showing off but because white people do it too mm -hmm. but again you're talking about people that have had you know generations of of lack of access to capital yeah so if you have a bentley mm -hmm. or you made it that's mm -hmm. something you're gonna show off because because yeah. somebody else might be like oh no like donald trump said he he bought a million dollars from his dad to start his business right who got a million dollars to buy for yeah, yeah, yeah. come yeah. on like so money doesn't mean the same to them they don't look at it like the way that we look at it yeah money is generational mm -hmm. a lot of times in the white community yeah and now you're having and the, and the cool thing about it where we are right now is we are entering the era of the black billionaire mm. like in the next 10 or 20 years it's mm -hmm. gonna be so many billionaires yeah because you already got kanye you already got jay-z you got mm -hmm. oprah you got tyler you got robert f smith mm -hmm. you're gonna have puff you're rihanna. gonna have dre rihanna you're mm -hmm. gonna have beyonce yep. you got michael jordan you're gonna have lebron yeah you know what i'm saying so and you're gonna have me yeah and I, black tech billionaire. And I, had, and I had to say that, you know, I, yeah. I posted that, that 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 I will be a billionaire, and I had to say that. And 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 one of the reasons why I had to claim that too is to I had to normalize the notion that someone like me yes. can be Zuckerberg, yes. can be Evan Spiegel, mm -hmm. can be Jack Dorsey, mm -hmm. can be Kevin Systrom, the guys that invented Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Facebook. And I put myself in a photo next to those guys to normalize the notion mm. that a black man can build a social media platform yeah. and exist in the space along these guys. But the difference is I'm connected to the culture. Mm. Fan base presents a really dope opportunity for us to be authentic, but at the same time, like dope. Mm -hmm. So not, I'm not trying to be funny, but if you just saw if you saw a fan base ad and it was Lil Baby and, you know, what I'm saying and, and, and Jeezy and mm. Gucci and. Somebody in an ad with Mark Zuckerberg, you'd be like, they're pandering to the black community. Right, right, right. right. But I'm from Atlanta. Right. If I'm if I know these guys already. Yeah. So if I'm in that space that play, it doesn't look, mm -hmm. you know, inauthentic. It's like this is what we do. Yeah. And we're leveraging our culture in a way that gives us a chance to truly monetize is what we need to do. So there's a unique opportunity here to actually change systemic wealth and access to opportunity. And another thing that's extremely important is the money that we raised, 
and $3.5 million. We have over 5,100 investors. Mm. Most of them are black people. Mm. And I believe that fan base is a $100 billion company. Mm -hmm. So at an exit or an IPO at that level, mm -hmm. it will be the largest distribution of wealth to black people in the history of this country. Whoa. It'll be people that are instantly turning to millionaires mm -hmm. who invested. That put two the minimum to invest in fan base was $256. Mm -hmm. So the price of a pair of Jordans mm -hmm. or a really good dinner somewhere, you put that money in a startup, mm -hmm. and now, you're, now you've made... Five hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, a million dollars, mm -hmm. you know, down the road by taking that 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 opportunity to invest, and it really will change the way that people think about investing and investing in our own ideas and our own communities. And 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 if somebody wanted to invest mm -hmm. in Fanbase, how can they do that? So the round is closed now, mm -hmm. but there will be a Series A. There will be another round, mm -hmm. um, and I always want to leave that portion of. Fan base, a portion of the platform open for the public to invest because without no users, yeah. there is no platform. Yeah. So give the users an opportunity to have a piece of the platform. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way. If they're like I said, if everybody just quit using social media tomorrow, how do they make money? Who right. do they run ads through? Right. Yeah. And, 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 and what's important about that is, and why people complain about shadow banning and visibility on these platforms, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. They'll never give you the visibility that you want, Thanks. right? Like, 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 like Ariana Grande got 200 and the thing, 230 million followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. When she goes live, you think they send out 230 million notifications? Right, right, right. No, right. they're not sending out 230 million notifications. Mm -hmm. If they send out 200 million, 30, 200, 230 million notifications, right, who is the brand going to pay? Mm -hmm. Are they going to pay Ariana or are they going to pay Instagram? They're going to pay Ariana. Right. She got all the visibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would they do that? Right. No, we're going we gonna to let you see a portion of yeah, that. Yeah. So they use collectively the entire platform, run ads through us, in the form of billions of dollars and pass none of that back to the user. So mm -hmm. on fan base, we do. Mm -hmm. As many followers as you have is as many notifications as we're gonna send out. Mm -hmm. And why that's important is if you make money, we make money. Mm -hmm. So the rev share model is the new model. Mm -hmm. It's not about like we want we're giving you access to be, you know, famous. Because mm -hmm. if, if if Ariana Grande they sent out two hundred thirty million notifications and even one percent of her audience showed up, that's two point three million people that she can say buy a t shirt, right. go buy go buy my album, mm -hmm. go to my concert. That's free advertising. Right. They're in the advertising business. business exactly. So yeah. it goes against their business model right. to allow you to advertise for free while they're trying to charge the brands to pay. So right. just newsflash, they never gonna let you shine. Yeah. That's not the goal of the platform. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so and we talk we talk ownership, we talked publishing before. Um you know, for the right amount of money, somebody looks and they like, yo, mm -hmm. you building this phenomenal thing, uh, would you sell fan base for the right amount of money? So, again, speaking of that, it depends on the offer mm -hmm. because I'm considering the investors. Because mm -hmm. I want to do something that nobody else has done. Yeah. If I can turn, you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 10,000 black people into millionaires overnight, mm. that's the most gangster thing that ever happened. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and like I said, when I see that, TikTok is a $436 billion company as a privately held company. They're not even on the stock market. Mm -hmm. That if Fanbase can get to that level and somebody says, hey, look, man, we, we want to buy Fanbase for like $200 billion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be rules in place because the trade-off is I am, I am leaving a platform um, and, and handing that off to someone that's going to purchase it and, and, and continue to run it. And I may run it or whatever. There might be stipulations in the way that we do that. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side... You just made like a lot of black people rich, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of black people that can put their kids through school to reinvest in other apps, mm -hmm. start their own businesses. You know what I'm saying? 
like live life, you know what I'm saying? Like living, living is not going to work every day. Living is what you would do if you didn't have a job, whatever your passions are. Mm -hmm. Like we work, that's yeah, entirely that's different. Good. We exist, we survive. Yeah. But living is like, oh, if I could just say, hey, I want to paint or I want to travel the world or you know, I want to invest and, and, and look at my stocks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's definitely something that would happen. It'd have to be the, the right thing to do, but to be able to actually distribute wealth in that amount, in that mass of black people, absolutely. Because yeah. that's gangster. No one yeah. ever did that. Nah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I, I love um, what's happening, what you're doing, because just, just, for, the, just for the audience, just kind of want to, um, you know, kind of bring, you know, drive the point home, um, is that with, you know, you have billion-dollar companies, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, you know, Twitch, you got Instagram, all these billion-dollar companies without our content, Right, mm -hmm. that we're freely given away, they wouldn't exist. They wouldn't have these billion dollar valuations. And so now, instead of just um, taking that content, uh, there is a black man mm -hmm. who has created an app that allows you to actually do the same thing and more. Right, the same exact thing. There's nothing that the, all those social media platforms that I mentioned, there's nothing that you cannot do on Fanbase that you can that you can do on these other other applications but except you can monetize immediately right? right you don't have to take your content and try to draw somebody someplace else right mm -hmm. for example uh I am a creator mm -hmm. and I use Instagram as my main you know a form of advertising marketing mm -hmm. content out there I'm giving it away Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that as I give my content away, somebody sees my value with that content. Mm -hmm. And if they see my value with my content, I'm hoping. It's a shot in the dark. It's a shot in the dark. I'm hoping that they'll, they'll, they'll click the link in the bio. Right. And then when they hit the link in the bio, I'm hoping again that they don't, they're not window shopping. That they, right. right. That they're not watching. And then pay me mm -hmm. based on that. So there's layers. I have to. I have to give you. I gotta sing and dance. I gotta give you my content, my most valuable stuff. I gotta give it away. Right. I gotta hope mm -hmm. that you hit the link in the bio. Mm -hmm. And then once you hit the link in the bio, I gotta hope that you like my offer enough to be able to now pay me. Right. And it, and you're still never gonna get your worth because if you're someone that creates the savage challenge, mm. you have billions of impressions, billions of views collectively amongst all the people that have done that. Yeah. And they're running ads in between that. They yeah. can charge for that. Yeah. So it's like you're not getting none of that money. Yeah. So I mean, like like I said, democratizing access to distribution yeah. is the wave of the future. Yeah. Because when you turn everybody into their own Netflix, mm. right, then it, it, it levels the playing field. Yeah. Because it allows people with huge brands. Yep. Right to be able to shoot their own content and put it out independently. Because when you think about it, like COVID showed us that you can go to the movies at home. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can shoot your own short film and put it up. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, leveraging that in our community, as as people that understand the value of their content, to not use fan base is just a shame. Mm. And again, um, and I'm not, and I, and I say this, I'm not afraid to to challenge these platforms because these platforms have gone unchallenged for years, mm -hmm. right? Facebook, Instagram have gone unchallenged for years. The reason why I'm not afraid to build platforms like this is because there's no amount of innovation that Facebook and Instagram can do to capture the youth. Mm -hmm. There's not because yeah. because kids are always going to want to be on apps that their parents are not on. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that I say. Like my mama on Facebook, 
I ain't been on Facebook since she got on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deuces to Facebook. Right, right, right. I got a 15-year-old brother. Yeah. He will. He lies to me to this day and says he's not on social media. But yeah. I know he on TikTok. Facts, yeah. I know he. I know he on Twitch. Yeah. Because that's his world. He gets right. to talk about music. Yeah. And girls and things that he don't want his older brother and sister like looking over his shoulder talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I don't care what. I don't care what features they give you on Instagram. Yeah. My little brother ain't finna be there because right. I'm there. Right, right. I don't care what Facebook yeah. brings to the table. I'm not going there because my mama there. Right, right. And fan base will have its lifespan and, and its and its run and its do its thing for a time period yeah. and so on and so forth there'll always be another generation of kids that get on platforms and that's the thing that i feel like social media platforms really ignore and take for granted it's like your time hey inside the vault family did you know that the black community has 2.7 trillion dollars of spending power are you ready to see what we can do when we combine and recirculate our resources to expand the pool of black excellence i know i'm ready and that's why inside the vault has partnered with greenwood the in-demand, black-owned digital banking platform. Greenwood's namesake was founded in 1906, built from the brilliance of black dreamers looking to create a self-sufficient community in the Greenwood district of Tulsa, Oklahoma, a.k.a. Black Wall Street. Today, Greenwood is a digital banking platform with a mission to strengthen the black dollar using the same community reinvestment strategies of the original Greenwood district, and it's powered by best-in-class mobile app that allows you to bank from anywhere. So inside the Vault family, if you're ready to build a new legacy of black economic achievement, go to bankgreenwood.com slash inside the vault and sign up to be part of the new Greenwood community. That's bankgreenwood.com slash inside the vault. I'm ready. I mean, it's something like TikTok showed that. Right. TikTok came out of nowhere. They got the Centennials. Yeah. They got them wrapped up. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. there'll be another generation. They're worth, they're worth more than Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And if Instagram would have never sold to Facebook, mm -hmm. Facebook mm -hmm. would be in trouble. Right, facts. That's yeah. a huge piece of their portfolio that they had. They've been looking like, damn, they about to. So again, it's on knowing your worth. I know what fan base is worth. Yeah. I wouldn't sell fan base for a billion dollars. Mm. I'll tell you that right now. It's a billion dollar company now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Understanding by what the model is and already what we're modeling and what we're showing. So I already know that. Yeah. And then when you put the, the culture aspect into it, that's the thing. It's like, it's the biggest cheat code in the world. Facts. Here's why. Yeah. We know the value of black culture, right? What it brings to social media. Mm -hmm. So black man builds social media platform, allows black people in the community to invest into it. Mm -hmm. Then this is what's important. Social media is the only platform that I know off the top of my head or one of the very few by simply using the platform, mm -hmm. you increase the value. Mm. Of the app. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. it's like, okay, we buy shares and fan base. Yeah. Now we all move our stuff over there. Yeah. Our value, the value of the stock goes up. Exactly. And we make money. It's the biggest yeah. cheat code of all time. Facts. Facts. It's like every celebrity in the world, every person in the world is like, let's go buy fan base stock. Exactly. Move our stuff over there exactly. and watch this thing be a five, ten billion dollar company in two or three years. Yeah. And then when they're ready to sell it, we sell it, we done cashed out. Mm -hmm. Let's go do it again. Mm. And let's go do it again. Yeah. Cause they can't do it without us. Yeah. And I say that, like, I say that, I say this humbly. It is impossible to market and promote anything as being cool, not romantic, not sentimental, not adventurous, not funny. Cool without the assistance of black people. You can't do it. Yeah. They need that. They need our dances. They need our slang. Yeah. They need our music. I'm telling I seen I seen I seen a commercial with them trying to sell laundry machines, washing machines. Playing old dirty bastard. Mm. Hey dirty baby, I got yeah, your laundry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they can't do it. Right, right. So we know this. Yeah. So it's like, all right, but but the problem is there's never there's not an infrastructure. Yeah. Now there is. Yeah. There hasn't been an infrastructure, now there is. And yeah. and one of the things that I was aggressive about also is 
the two hardest things about starting a new social media platform is one, um, you got to post your content all over again. Mm -hmm. You got to start from zero posts yeah, and yeah. go all the way up. Mm -hmm. And then two, you got to move your audience after the fact. You got to mm -hmm. tell them where to go. Mm -hmm. But one makes two a lot easier. Mm -hmm. If you move your content, then it's easier to move your audience. And I say, oh, if, I, if, if your favorite restaurant said, we opened up a new location on the other side of town, mm -hmm. and you go to the new location, the only thing they got in there is water and straws, mm -hmm. you're going back to the old location. Yeah, yeah. But if you go to the new location, and you walk in the door, and they got everything the old location got mm -hmm. and more, mm -hmm. then you're going to stay. Yeah. So we build this functionality into Fanbase that allows you to import your entire Instagram over to Fanbase. Whoa! So you Game changer. You, you can port all your content over. You can a couple couple clicks here and there. Yeah, yeah. Import content from Instagram over to fan base. Paste the link inside your, your Instagram page. Yeah. And hit continue and your content will port over. And we've ported over almost seven hundred thousand pieces of content in a week. Wow. So people are moving. Wow. Wow. And so wow. and that and that helps. And, and and the cool thing about that is you have now put your content in a place that has always been free yeah. and now it's a chance to be monetized. Wow. So now the, people can like your photos, but they can love them. Wow. So you've already put yourself in a position to make money that you've never been able to do by just bringing it to fan base in its first place. Wow. Hey, listen. It's a game changer, y'all. If y'all, listen, if, if by the end of this video, if y'all do not have a fan base account and you have not imported all of your information over, then I, I have failed you. <laughs> I have failed you as a financial educator. I have failed you as somebody who's teaching you how to get your mind right and your money right. This is literally the cheat code on how to monetize and get your worth immediately. If you want, look, talk, talk to the people real quick. I need you to, t I need you to tell them what they need to do, mm -hmm. how to get the fan base, the importance, mm -hmm. and how this is empowering them. Talk to them real quick. Well, I mean, honestly, like I said, I mean, download fan base. It's on the Apple and Google Play Store. Um, and, and monetize your content. I think for the community, you understand there is a value that we collectively create on social media. Like I said, we post all this content. And what happens is we use the word content creator, right? And I don't like that word because it separates it from the user. But in reality, every user on social media is a content creator. If, you, if I post, if you post one photo and you get one like, it doesn't matter because somewhere in between there, an ad is being run in between your posts collectively. So we are all content creators. If I'm out, if I'm out at a restaurant and I take a picture of some, some food that I ate, I'm creating content. If I do a skit that takes me three hours to record, I'm still, I'm just, I'm creating more dynamic content, but we're all content creators. So fan base is a place for every single solitary user because one, we're all a fan of something and we all have a fan base. No, I love it, love it. All right, so we're going to, uh, you know, flip the script real quick, right? Um, you know, being somebody who started uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, you have now have been a successful entrepreneur in different realms, and now, mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you know, you've created this billion-dollar app. Um, so far, what would you say is the most extravagant thing you've done with money? Nothing yet. Mm. Um, and, and the reason why is because... You know, I'm I come from the music business, right? Mm -hmm. Anybody and I have to keep saying this, you have to master failing. Mm -hmm. I had this conversation the other day because anybody that knows, any entrepreneur creator knows has has to has to learn how to fail and fail often. Mm -hmm. Because it gives you confidence and resolve to try again. Mm -hmm. you know, taking an L is nothing. Because mm -hmm. when you in the music, when you make records, 
the label will say that ain't it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The 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 A and R get fired. The artists will get locked up. Mm. Someone will say oh, that's not the record. Mm. Or the DJs, you know, not enough payola was spent to promote the record. So you fail very often. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not good at failing, mm. then it's gonna be hard to be an entrepreneur. Mm. And so I feel like. Um, like I said, that's I haven't done anything extravagant because if Fanbase isn't the hundred billion dollar company that I say it is, then it isn't necessarily a success for me because I've raised seed capital, mm -hmm. you know. And so you got it. That money is not to 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 be extravagant with. Mm -hmm. I don't have no salary. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, I employ people, but I myself don't take a salary mm -hmm. for Fanbase. Mm -hmm. Um, it is to get to the next level. Yeah. My goal is to actually build this company up so now there, there, there are no extravagant purchases mm -hmm. um that i've made with regard to fan base but i mean i I'm, i don't i don't really think about it. like i wear t i wear this every day like yeah, i wear yeah, a t-shirt yeah, yeah. i wear people make fun of my little hirachis <laughs> yeah, and my jeans and my tees yeah, yeah. i wear every day but yeah, it's, yeah. you know but it keeps me grounded yeah you know I don't, yeah. I don't i don't have much i don't need much you know what i'm saying i'm all good so i think that's extremely important just to kind of you know build the company i have i i look I, I see founders that really be balling, and I'm yeah. like, I can't do that. Yeah, I took yeah. these people's money, right? And I got to make this money work, right? Who 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 are some people you would say, right, uh, that have influenced you? In your, well, your f f first and foremost, I have to thank three phenomenal black women, mm. right? That really are the reason I was able to raise this money, mm. and that is Moni Idolette, who That's said, "You need to get on Start Engine." Undercover billionaire, yeah. if you know, you know. You need to get on Start Engine. Yeah. Uh, Angela Benton, mm -hmm. who has a company called Streamlytics, yep. who, who's raised money on Start Engine now for the second time, who actually made the introduction to Start Engine for me. Mm -hmm. And Don Dixon, who is a career entrepreneur, who has a company called Popcom. And Don has raised a million dollars three times and is now raising five. And she's the one that coached me on how to actually raise the capital. Mm -hmm. And then um, three other dope people um, who are Jewel Burks. Mm -hmm who um, sold her company to Amazon called Park Pick. Mm. Um, Barry Gibbons, who's at Techstars, and Justin Dawkins, who's at Google with Jewel. And Jewel's the head of, of uh, Google for Startups in North America. And they were my tech senseis. Mm. So they were the people that I bug bugged all the time mm. about how you do this, how do I make a tech deck, like well, how many slides does it need to be, that whole thing. They really coached me. So those six people are my inspiration and my mentorship in this space and really guided me in what I'm doing. So. I'm, you know, forever thankful for what they've done for me. No, I love it. I love it. And then, and then, you know, a, a lot of what was raised, um, and even you starting this company. I know you started in eighteen, was building, was building it. But at the pandemic, right, tough times mm -hmm. is where you started. You know, you start seeing a lot of that success. What advice would you give to an entrepreneur who has to make decisions during tough times? I mean. You gotta have faith, yeah. And you kind of gotta, and, and, and opportunities will emerge. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds weird, but opportunities will walk up to you. You know what I'm saying? Opportunity, opportunities will walk right up to you. I think that was one of the things. Like this is, even though, and it's it's not easy to raise a million dollars. It's easy. It's as it's easy as it seems for me to do that. I was on Start Engine for months looking at other people trying to raise money. Like they were trying to raise a million, they only raised eighteen thousand. I'm like, oh lord, I can't. I got to do this, man. Like, I got to make sure that I do this. But I think, you know, also utilize your skill sets. Yeah. You have a unique, you have unique experiences in your life that will give you the, the biggest amount of experience and opportunity to be successful. So for anybody that's entrepreneur, think about the things in life that you failed at and that you've learned. Mm -hmm. Being in the music business taught me I've seen the worst deals ever. Mm -hmm. Right. So 
when somebody, so, so, so if I meet with a VC and they say, oh, we want 30% of your company for a million dollars, you'd be like, that's a trash deal. <laughs> right, right, right. right? I, was a, I was a career voiceover artist. I've been a voiceover artist for 20 years. Yeah. I know how to use Photoshop. You know what I'm saying? There's all these things that I know that I know what a bad deal is. I know what marketing looks like. I've been on social media for a long time. Yeah. So I've learned all these skills. So you kind of just kind of gather all these, these, these wins and losses in your life and really let it manifest in a way that, that kind of guides you. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And so uh, if, if you if you would go to 18-year-old uh, Ike Dirty, 18-year-old mm -hmm. Ike Dirty, everything that you've learned, mm -hmm. all the people you've been around, all the lessons, the L's, the everything, mm -hmm. what advice are you get are, are you giving your 18-year-old self? I would I would say I would say enjoy the journey mm -hmm. because again, I think for something that I that I think that I learned in being my dad's kid was that um I don't have to be him to be great, mm. but I'll be great because of him. Mm. Oh, that's a bar. That's a you know bar. what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have to be like my dad's first black person to ever win an Academy Award for music. Mm. Bar's been set, been done. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of times people get fixated in that one thing, and when you think about it, people get second and third acts. There's other things that people might start out as, mm. and then wind up being something entirely different, right? Yeah. You got to think like like D Nice was a rapper, mm. Aaron right. Root. Boogie Down Productions, the whole nine, right, but right. As, a, as, a, as a DJ doing what he's doing now, he's having more success than ever, and life is long, and, and, and there's peaks and valleys, and so I would tell my 18-year-old self to really not be so fixated on that one thing, like, really think about what you, your, your passion was, because to be totally honest, my passion is being creative. Mm. Any space where I'm allowed to create, I decorate in my office, I cook food, right, right. I build apps, yeah. I write songs, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I just like to I just like to be inventive and creative. So any 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 environment where I'm allowed to create, that's really what my passion is. Yeah. But if I get so focused on, well, I gotta be a producer, then the moment that I stopped and said, I don't have to be a producer, mm. everything changed for me. Mm. The whole world, I started I started helping people uh, market political campaigns. Mm. I helped I helped Keisha Lance Bottoms get elected. Mm. I started doing these other things that were like, I have other skill sets that I can actually be successful that have value. And that's what led me to FanBase. Mm. If I would've just said, I'm gonna keep producing, right. I would've never even thought about doing this. Mm. So mm. you kinda just gotta let yourself be broad, like follow your dreams in broad. Like being finite yeah. is one thing, but really being broad and saying whatever comes to you, whatever you think you can try to do. If, you, if you're a great singer, yeah. but you think you might be able to act, then mm. act. Mm. Don't mm. be so focused on, I gotta be a singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you might, you know, like Drake was on the grouse seat. Right, right, right. But yeah. he rapping his ass off now, so yeah. Yeah. that's just the thing. You to give yourself that room to grow yeah describe yourself in three words oh youthful mm. um i am rebellious mm. and i am determined mm. love it love it all right so we're gonna do our, our speed round real quick all right uh, our speed round we take banking terms and we flip those terms mm. uh for us inside the vault uh, so the first term is deposit slip. Mm -hmm. Deposit slip is when you go into a bank, you fill out the deposit slip, you put the money inside the bank. Yeah. For us here, though, deposit slip is a is a slip up, is a money mistake. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your biggest deposit slip that you've made so far? That when I first started making money as a producer, I probably spent money not knowing that there are peaks and valleys in the music business. Mm. And so when I had a low... Mm -hmm. I said, I'm never going above this again. I don't care how much money I make. Yeah. I'm not going above this mm -hmm. until I know that I'm like being financially secure mm -hmm. 
and investing and, and knowing where your money comes from and stuff like that, that I won't do that. Because some people overextend themselves. They go out and buy, I mean, I didn't do this, but some people go out and buy the, the big house, the Lambo or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the, the, the checks dry up. And then you're like, man, I'm in foreclosure and all that. I just had a little slip up. I was yeah. like, yo, that was the biggest mistake is, is probably putting myself in this debt wheel. Yeah. That like once you, once you know, once your monthly expenses are 100000 a month, you got to keep that up. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, mine were never that, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But again, imagine putting yourself in that and then your money dries up. Mm. So the, probably the biggest mistake I, I made from that was like I probably overextended myself, but I froze immediately and said, "Look, you gonna stay in this townhouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gonna chill? Yeah. You gonna drive? I drove an avalanche. <laughs> right. I got like I got two avalanches back to back. <laughs> right. like, look, all you need is your avalanche. Right. You be good. Like right. don't don't. I don't care how much money you make. Don't yeah. get out that avalanche till you know right. that, that the avalanche that you can you can move up to the next level. Right, right. Shout out to Chevy. <laughs> um, the, uh, the second one is charge off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, uh, you borrow money. We talk. You talk about living mm -hmm. living above your means. Borrow money. You can't afford it. Uh, the bank, you know, tries to get their money back, but they charge it off. For us here inside the vault, um, what type of people or mindsets did you have to charge off on your journey? Ooh, you know what though? I, well, I had to charge off. I think people that I invested in. Ooh, okay. And what that means is like a lot of times we invest in other people when we should be investing in ourselves. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And the moment that I just said, I'm going to make this about me. Mm. Because when you're, especially you're investing in variables that you can't control. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can invest in somebody and they decide they don't want to do it no more. Yeah. Or they get locked up or yeah. whatever, whatever it is that like you can invest in someone that, that doesn't have your vision. You know, like a lot of times people will have, you're more passionate about their success than they are. Absolutely, yeah. So I have had to charge off, I think, you know, or, you know, and, and I don't necessarily charge off negativity mm -hmm. because I think that that's also a way to understand as you're successful. So I just, I, I don't, you can, you can, you can't have toxic people around you, but you can definitely accept the hate yeah. and just keep pushing forward. But I think once you got to make this about you and I say, it's okay to be selfish. Mm -hmm. Selfish sometimes is a bad word, but it's okay to be selfish when you can be. Yeah. I tell you any young person, if you're single, mm -hmm. right? You ain't got no kids, mm -hmm. be, man, then be as selfish yeah, as you want yeah. because you don't, you can, you can pursue your dreams eating ramen noodles and living in a one-bedroom apartment and not giving a damn. Facts, yeah. Like, just be selfish, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Just Because yeah. then you can focus on you. Mm -hmm. But once you start bringing all these other variables into the table, if you do start, if you out here, Ricky Raw Dog, you got some kids, and that changes the game. <laughs> right, right. You understand what I'm saying? So right. you really just, when, you have, when you're young and you got time, and this is extremely, extremely important, life incorrectly teaches people to party on the front end and mm. work hard on the back end. Oh, say that. They do it in. I, say that. I always say this, look. Say there's that. Two, there's, two, there's two metaphors I use. Yeah. I always ask somebody, I always ask somebody like, how do you back, how, how do you park, right? Mm. How do you park your car? Mm. And if you pull in, I said, you pull in and you back in. Mm. And if you pull in, I look at you kind of funny. Like, yeah, yeah. Because that means you want to, you want to get in quick mm. and then have to do the hard work of backing out. Mm. But if you back in first, you just pull off. If you do the hard work, same thing with crab legs. I say, how do you eat your crab legs, right? And they go, I crack them. Like, I crack a crab leg and I eat it. And I'm like, I don't eat my crab legs like that. I said, I crack all my crab legs. And then I feast. You know what I'm saying? Because I hate that. I hate I hate a little and then a little. I hate work a little, play a little. Work a little, play a little. I hate that. And so, like, we're, we're in incorrectly taught to party on the front end of life. You only live once. Go to college. Like, I didn't do that. Like, my college years were spent in the basement 
at my mama house, no girlfriend, no car, no clothes, learning how to make records while people was at college, smoking, drinking, having sex, living it up. And then fast forward years later, I, I play Call of Duty, mm -hmm. I fly drones, I eat Benny Hanna when I want to, I can buy Jordans if I want to because I really sacrificed and really worked hard on the front end so you can party hard on the back end. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really what it is. It's like, you know what I'm saying, work hard on the front end of life so you can party hard. Hey, yo, that's a whole 16. <laughs> Forget a bar. That's a whole 16. All right, so last but not least, we're going we gonna to do another teachable moment, man. Mm -hmm. So ATM, you put your card in, you get the money out. Hey, yo, you've been spitting so many bars mm -hmm. that I want, like, leave our audience with one more. One more gem, one more teachable moment, something that happened in your life that taught you something that you want the people to learn, the people to, to understand. Give us that one teachable moment. Goodness, I feel like I gave him my You gave him, yo, you bought up. This is no pressure, but we need we need one more bar from I Dirty the Great. I, I, dang, I, I, I really, I mean, I think I, I, I got to repeat myself. I, mean, I, I don't want to repeat myself, but again, like you, you know, life is, life is a long journey. Yeah. Um, you can't be so focused on on one thing, but if again, if you are a person that that focuses on working hard, because because I, I, I'm telling you, listen, like you know, when you when you think about it, the world does not teach people to be entrepreneurs. Mm, mm -hmm. They really teach you to have the mindset of an employee, mm. right? And not and not an entrepreneur, right? They teach you, you know, like like go to college, then you wind up in debt. And then get a job at a company, and then that company lays you off, mm -hmm. right? When you could be spending your life building something that you own, and sacrifice as a young person. So build things that you can own, right? Mm -hmm. And I and I get it. Everybody's not going to get that, mm -hmm. but for those of you that hear that, mm -hmm. and it resonates with you, then do that. Be an entrepreneur. Be selfish. Build your business. Um, focus on yourself. You know, you don't like the like. Okay, well, this this is this is a bar, but I always, I mean, everybody's heard this before. Some people have, but for the fellas, I'll say this too: you will lose a lot of money chasing women. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But you'll never lose women chasing money. Mm. That's one. That's a that, that's a bar. There you go. Oh. Right. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you if you focus, it's like yeah. you good. You yeah. know, focus on yourself. You know, yeah. when they say focus on yourself, king. Focus on yourself, queen. Yeah. That's what they mean. No facts, facts. Well, there you got it. Listen, Isaac Hayes the third, the first black tech billionaire in the building, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. We're claiming man. that, y'all. We claim that's it. It's done. Yeah. Write it, make it plain. Yeah. So shall it be. The first black tech billionaire in the building, Isaac Hayes III. You know you heard it first. Uh, if you wanted to connect with you, where can they find you? I'm at, at Isaac Hayes 3 on all social media platforms. Um, fan base, first and foremost, at Isaac Hayes 3 But Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and I and I continue to use all those platforms. Clubhouse. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna abandon the following in the in the in the reach that I had that I, I spent on these other platforms. I use that to tell people about my platform. So if you want to talk to me or reach me, I'm on any of those platforms at Isaac Hayes Three. All right, y'all. There you have it. Make sure listen. There was so much game dropped in this episode. If you don't go back and watch this two or three times, if you don't if you don't invite your friends and you don't take a pen and paper and you learn the game then you are not doing yourself, you're not investing in yourself as you should. So I appreciate that y'all will go back, 
get all his game, apply the game though, right? Yeah. It's not just about listening to the game and saying, yo, he dropped some buck. No, apply the game. Understand, this man has made it easy for you to take all the content that you are already giving away from for free, taking that content, putting it on a platform, and charging for that content. So at minimum, right, we are abundant thinkers. At minimum, and is better than or. So you don't even gotta choose. Stay on Instagram and open up your fan base account, get some money. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for tapping in another awesome episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash. Make sure you follow us on Fanbase at Inside the Vault. Follow me on, on Fanbase at I am Ash Cash. I appreciate y'all. I'll see y'all next time, same time, same place. In God's will. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.